Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. As always, I am joined by the dedicated, hard-working Phil Logan. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, mate. <laughs> and down the line, not in a shipping container, but enjoying all that good BT sport money, it's Tim Cocker in France. How are you, mate? Oh, I've just come. Uh, the, the wine's a bit cheaper down here in France. The BT money's not good enough, JB. Sorry to disappoint. Oh. And would you believe it? Sitting to my left, in the vacated chair left by Tim, it's Tom Cruise from Wasps. How are you, mate? Um, I'm very well, mate. It's an absolute privilege to be on the show. Yeah, we were just discussing, we think you might be our first ever guest. Well, the only way's up then, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> first Wasps in the world. <laughs> well, hold on, but Wasps, after, I was tr- tracking your journey. I was doing my, my research the other night for the game, yeah. and... Um, all the clubs. I knew you played at Rotherham. Yeah. I knew you. I knew you'd pulled on the sales shirt at some point, but it was like Macclesfield. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Stay, so, stay so humble. At, at what point did you turn pro? <clears throat> um, well, I... hang on, mate. You're gonna have to listen to the Rugby Dungeon for all of this information, mate. <laughs> Can't be giving away my giving my giving away my interview. Yeah, you're stealing the interview. Yeah. Go on, just briefly then. Um, I was 22, um, and I'd played uh, only up in uh, sorry played about four years for Stockport uh, and and got selected to play for Cheshire against Lancashire at the end of the season and uh, unfortunately for me um, Pete Anglesey was the uh, the head coach of Lancashire um, and I must have had a pretty good game and, and uh, he picked me up and offered me a trial. There you go. I, I like a good story of a player coming through late. Uh, Josh Beaumont was quite similar. He was playing, yeah, um, right. playing at uh, Fylde. Yeah, he's filed in Durham University before yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. Quite old school. I, I like that. It's like, um, what was that Sean Bean film, When Saturday Comes? Oh, I was, I was going to say Sharp, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, who, what you, actually, on on this little tangent, who, what are your favourite stories of players, players sort of making it late? Uh, I think from an England point of view, I, I quite liked Nick Easter. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Good one. Like, like, a, a late entry to international rugby, and then, and then just made the mo- he made the most of the talent that he had. That's that's I think what I like about these stories are, um, there might there might not be people who have the 
the genetics that you know, say Amaru Itoji is is blessed with. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's he obviously works hard as well. But Nick Easton made that absolute most of what he what he had. Yeah, I com- I completely agree with that. Well, before you before we continue, just remember you can find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. What is our um, Instagram handle, Tim? Uh, Egg Chasers Rugby, I think. One of these days, I'm gonna have to learn that. And of course, <laughs> you can leave us reviews and stuff on I, no, Apple Podcasts, and also find us on 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 Facebook too. Um, what do you think we should start with? It should must be the Sarah Wasps game, yeah. Yeah, well, I tell you what, as, well, cause we haven't got Tom for for that long, have we? No. So, so let, yeah, definitely. Let's let's get as much out of him as we can. Uh, <laughs> Well, you didn't enjoy the game, did you, Tom? Let's 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 go with that. I enjoyed the first twenty minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> can't remember much after that. Um, <laughs> Nothing important happened for the rest of the game. <laughs> I assume we won, didn't we? Um, no, obviously, look, bitterly disappointed, especially you know to lose in that manner. It hurts a bit more, doesn't it? Um, but uh, we were saying before, you know, probably the better team won. We, we executed our game plan really well in the first twenty minutes, and. I think we got to a seventeen nil lead, didn't we? And uh, and then all of a sudden we, we didn't exit um, as well as we had been doing, and, and we let sail back into the game. And and do you know what? That you know, fair play to them. They're a good side, especially at the AJ Bell, and they, and they did deserve the win in the end. Yeah, I mean, they are not surprisingly physical, but you know, they some of their some of their ball carriers now. I, I think they've got a fairly top end top, uh, a top end squad just in terms of you know how they carry the ball, how uh, uh, how uh, how they carry it. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, Dimes has recruited pretty well, hasn't he? I think he's he's, he's gone for that mould, um, like you're saying. Um, Strauss and, and Ross have come into the side, haven't mm. they? And they, they have made a massive difference. Um, they carry the ball well. And, and when you're winning collisions, you know, the games are much easier for your half-backs. Yeah. How much credit for that victory do you give to Sale as opposed to how much do you think you didn't execute as well as you could have in the, in the last 60? Um, a mixture of both, really, to be honest. We... You could probably tell what our game plan was in the first 20 and we executed it really well. We kicked the ball really well. Mm. We chased the ball really well. We, we kind of squeezed sail um, and, and forced field position. Um, and then, you know, I think there was a couple of turnovers in, in our in our half, um, a grubber kick or, or a chip over the top um, that let sail in. And, and do you know what? A couple of their tries were very good. So, you know, I'm not going to complain. Mm. Uh, how did you find it, Tim? Because you were there actually at the game. Really, really tense. I think, yeah, it would particularly being seventeen nil up. It would, it will feel like points lost. Because yeah. um, yeah. you can take losing on any given Friday night or or whatever, but to lose having been not just seventeen nil up, but then weathered the storm and got back in front. I, I want to put Tom um, in, in a bit of a difficult position here. Uh, <laughs> are you asking about Israel Falau? Can't wait. No, 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 definitely not that. Yeah. Definitely not that. But. Um, <laughs> I'll start this by saying, how's, how's Josh Bassett? Was he all right? Um, yes. Uh, well, yes and no. <laughs> uh, he uh, got a bit of a, a sore head in the morning. I think he um, he went off for a HIA, didn't he? So, yeah. But I think there was there was less than 10 minutes left, so I don't think he came back Criti- on the pitch. Yeah, critical moment of the game and um, a lot of territory gained by Sale before they scored their game-winning try uh, because Josh Bassett wasn't in the game on that left wing because of what looked like a, a, well, it looked like something which could well get cited and given a retrospective red, potentially. Really? Um, yeah. He, 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 Mike Haley clear was going past the ruck, took Josh Bassett out, who was on his knees, forearm, shoulder to the head. Not good. Did and, you, um, um, 
Did you see the one on Cooper Willie before it as well? Yeah. What were your thoughts uh, yeah, on well, that? They, well, they did check that one with the TMO, didn't they? Oh, um, right. And decided it was all right, but they okay. didn't even look at the Haley one. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I feel, oh, it, it happens, doesn't it? Um, it's just, it will be frustrating, you know, if, if you know he does get cited for it and, and you know, they, they deemed that it probably was a red card because, you know, we get a penalty there with, with two or three minutes to go. It's probably looking at a different result, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 well, I was going to say I completely agree. But I'm now going to let the cat out of the bag and tell you how I watched this game. I only got up to 60 minutes because I was on a, on a spa resort retreat. <laughs> <laughs> bought, for, bought for my birthday by my wife. So uh, what, not all the cornerstone money you've been spending. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I had to put down my iPad. So I, I was completely antisocial for the first six, 60 minutes. And then we had a waitress come up from, from the restaurant to tell us that we had to go down right then. So I missed the last tw- 20 minutes. You missed an amazing finish for a sale fan. Or for a neutral, as, well, as, as a, I was a neutral watching, like me. watching the game. A neutral like me. Self unlike you. Neutral. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up on that, JB, because there's one thing, when I listened back to a bit of the podcast yesterday, my, um, it was pointed out to me. You said, uh, when you were talking about um, Benetton, you, we? for next week, you said, my other team, Benetton. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my, first, <laughs> my first team is RGC. Everyone knows this. Oh, okay, yeah. No, it's, it, it isn't a mystery. <laughs> All right. So, just moving on from, obviously, Friday night's game. Oh, h- hang on. Just, no, don't do that yet, because we missed the key matchup, which everyone has been talking about. Okay. Cocker versus Diamond. Mark two. <laughs> <laughs> well, surely Diamond was in a great mood. Well, no, pre-game. Oh, um, pre-game. He was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit terse with you, Tim. Um, it's just Steve Diamond, isn't he? I, I, I... <laughs> I like it. I, I like the. It's like a soap opera. You you wouldn't want everyone being the same as as much as Di, uh, Young, Todd Blackadder, Rob Baxter, um, a, a perfect gentleman. Oh, jo- Johan Ackerman as well. You need different characters, and I would not ever want Steve Diamond to change. And mm. I I look forward to uh, to to having the the privilege of being able to fire some questions at him and never knowing what he's going to come back with is uh, makes it all the more entertaining for everyone, I think. Lineouts, yeah, we're good at them. <laughs> <laughs> loved it, absolutely loved it. It reminds me of the old Kenco adverts. Do you remember them where they used to give you like instalments of, uh, of a relationship? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, that was the, the, the ongoing romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well done, Tim. They were uh, they were a particularly good, good good set of interviews, I'd say. Well, that's the first time I had a chance to chat to him since uh, the Marlin Yard. Ooh. Yeah, Yard Gate. Yard Gate. So, yeah, that was fun, and he'll be very very happy. Um, so, uh, another one, uh, another guy who came from Sale Sharks and and is a hooker at Wasps. Um, there was quite a few former Sharks in that squad now, but. Um, How's Tommy Taylor doing after his another comeback? Because he's had a season blighted with injury, which has created an opportunity for you, which you've taken, Tom. Um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 all right. Obviously, it's, it's tough coming back from such a massive um, knee injury, and then obviously having another setback with with your neck is, is not ideal. But look, you know, Tommy, he's a tough bloke, and and I'm sure that um, you know what he got fifteen twenty off the bench, and and hopefully he can build on that and, and be a key role in us, you know, leading towards the end of the season. And I've been a Tommy Taylor Nors for years, as these two um, <laughs> yeah. would tell you. And I want to see him part of the international squad. What's he like? I mean, you obviously you haven't been able to see him fully in training for the last eight months, but 
But how good is he when you see him day to day? Um, very. I think. I think like what you're saying. You know, international quality. Um, you know, he throws well, and, and I suppose industrious is probably the word for him around the pitch, isn't it? He, he's involved in everything. Um, you know. You come in on a, on a Monday after a game, and he's he's topping the tackle stats, he's top topping the carry stats. Um, he's just all action, isn't he? And, and um, yeah, ho- hopefully he can get himself back fit. And, and I'm sure you know Eddie will have to take note. Hmm. Well, you definitely fit that mold. The other thing I, I always wonder about wasps: do, do, do people still do? You know, when you go out for training, and um, like you would have done at, at, at Macclesfield or Stockport or, or Rotherham, yeah. maybe uh, you you have a you know a quick ten minutes of touch while you're waiting for the coaches to come out and put the cones out. What must it be like doing that with with Wade Daly uh, and Co in the squad? Eastmond, um, absolute hell. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's when we it's in pre season when we do the uh, the conditioning games, and oh, yeah. you're basically just doing shuttles because you're chasing shadows. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? I remember asking uh, answering a question about you know who's the scariest person to run at you um, doing a Q and A one time. And they were expecting me to say some big ball carrier, and it's not. It's Wadey, hundred yeah, percent Wadey. Because you've got no idea where he's going to go. No, I don't think he does sometimes. But I will tell you what, <laughs> it's hard to get hold of. I, I, I tell you another guy who a lot of lads talk about has been very hard to just get hold of is Rob Miller, a top player, mate. A top so player. slippery. He, he is. He, he's just been really unfortunate with um, with signings, really, because um, obviously we've we brought in Willie Larue, and, and before my time was Charles Piatow as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, of course. Because I mean, you know, you guys will know from his sale time. Um, I think it might have been the year before he he came to Wasps. He um, was he top try scorer. He in, was in fi- the fifteen tries. Is that right? So mate, he, he's very very talented, and yeah, he uh, he's probably unfortunate to to not play more minutes. Yeah, and he signed a new deal just before Christmas, uh, which almost felt like a bit disappointing. because yeah, I want to see him playing uh, week in week out. I, I'm with you on that. But from a professional rugby point, point of view, I know you guys want to be playing week in, week out, but having a nice deal and not necessarily having to put your body on the line every week, it's not the worst <laughs> thing, is it? No, you, I don't think you can... He won't have that attitude. I don't know if you've ever ever spoke to, to Robbie, but um, I'm sure that his attitude signing that contract will be that I'm good enough to force my way back into the team. I think yeah. that, that's the only attitude yeah. you, you can can have. And he must be considered in that in that way to get the deal in the first place. Yeah, exactly, um, and I, and I think that he is held in high regard. It's just purely, you know, the fact that we've got you know Willie the fullback yeah. who, who's been one of our best players all year. Now, here's here's a question on, on the inner workings of Wasps, and feel free not to answer it. <laughs> but does Die Young ever ever participate in live scrummaging? Um, he <laughs> he uh, he obviously he coaches the scrum and, and he comes out in his trainers, and <laughs> there are times where. He will never um, actually engage into a scrum, but will go on to bind so he can get his point across. Yeah, yeah. and he's wearing trainers, and we're wearing twenty ones, and we're going backwards. He, <laughs> I, I have heard stories. I'm still waiting to see him um, name himself on the on the bench. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so well, on. I was just going to move on because we've only got you for a few more minutes, Tom. Um, three games left in the season. You're currently sitting in fourth position, yeah. behind Leicester now. Um, your three games are Worcester, Northampton, Newcastle. Confident of getting top four? Yeah, I think we have to be, don't we? Um, yeah. I think, uh, like you say, we're fourth. I think we're probably paying the price a little bit for a, a pretty poor start to the season. 
Uh, we lost home games, didn't we, to Bath and, and Quinns? Yeah. Um, yeah te- te- in October, you're in tenth place. Yeah. Which I forgot until the other day. Which wow. actually, when you look at where we are now, you know, yeah. we, we've we've done you know very very well to, to be where we are now and. and you know, have more than a, a really good chance of making top four. Um, I think I think that has to be minimum for us. I think I think that we have to make top four, and with two home games um, in in Worcester and Saints, mm-hmm. um, we could probably do with you know having it tied up and, and and not having a nervy trip to to Falcons last game of the season. Ooh, yeah. that's going to be a, a very exciting game. Could yeah, be, with a bit yeah. on the line. Do, yeah. Do you know what else is last game of the season? It's Sale Leicester. Sale Leicester and. Newcastle Wasps. Where's the sale game? AJ Bell. Uh, at the AJ Bell. Well, that could suck. Well, I think the last. I, well, they definitely beat Tigers last year at the AJ Bell. They beat them the year before. I think it was a draw before that. <laughs> You're looking at the wrong man. I'm not not a Sale Sharks fan. No, well, neither am I. I'm talking from Leicester. <laughs> a lot Leicester. of knowledge for a neutral, hasn't <laughs> it? Yeah. A Leicester, from Leicester Tigers' point of view, I, I know all the Leicester Tigers' results, of course. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be fairly interesting. So let's assume it's going to be Saracens X to Wasps. Let's, let's just assume that those, that those are the three, right? Who is going to be fourth? It's tough, isn't it? I, th- I think um, I think Newcastle have been brilliant all year, and, and you kind of like you kind of think it'd be a shame for them not to make top four, don't you? Yeah. Um, but but Leicester have the history, and, and Leicester are probably starting to peak at the right time. Um, so you know, for for me. I wouldn't be surprised to see Leicester in there. Do you know if Leicester make it top four, I will be astounded. The year they've had, yeah, like the constant trauma and turmoil, and yet they're at top four. It would be, I, I, I would be gobsmacked. Well, so Leicester's fixtures, so they host Northampton, which you'd say is a five-point victory. Yep. They then host Newcastle before travelling to Sale. That's huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah. What a, what a, it's, it's almost like they planned these games. <laughs> I know it's pretty tasty. Well, I, I, have to, I have to say purely, I mean, I, I had no skin in the game, but when I was looking at the, the rest of the season, the sale doing one over Wasps has just, for a neutral's point of view, just made it insanely entertaining these last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the thing is with sale, sale Wasps is it kind of shows the progression. Because Sale have had a load of new faces. I think they had more signings at the start of the year than, than anyone else, and they've got to bind these guys into a team. And it takes time, you know? And I think uh, on Friday, you probably saw where, where, where they're aiming to be. And you, you've seen also, in terms of the signings, AJ McGinty, last season, he's good, was really struggling to mm. gel into that team, uh, replacing Sippers. And now, he's one of the best pretenders in the league. I say his, so, yeah. his form is exceptional. The cross-field kick that he put in, uh, on Friday night, well, for the first try. I mean, you've got you big English lads, you know, this you know, Cipriani's, Fords, Farrells. I think he might be just, just, just slightly below that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure based on what I've seen. He, he, he seems again with with a player with a nine like Faf, it, Faf the clerk, it makes a big difference. But and it, but before Tom goes, I want to know who do you who's in your normal uh, coffee with the boys crew? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex Reader. I don't know if you've heard about about Reader, but he's he's a, a big character oh. um, at our, in our squad. How much? Another ex Rotherham boy. Exactly. Yep. So we um, yeah we like to reminisce about old times. Now, um, did obviously you do analysis, and we were talking about the kind of culture of uh, get getting into each other um, prior to the podcast. How many times did you watch Alex Reader get hit by Christian Scotland Williamson in uh, <laughs> in, in analysis? Honestly. 
I think he watched it more than anyone else because he was getting tagged in it on social media that much. And who needs enemies when you've got you know your mates tagging you in this this thing over and over again? We we um because he's gone to NFL, hasn't he? He has. So, I, uh, I actually heard that Alex Reader paid for his tickets. To well, go. that's what we were going to say. Well, well, he, he owes uh, he owes Reader half of his contract. <laughs> yeah, he does actually. Yeah, he's made his career in the NFL, so yeah. Yeah, he's actually out in Florida at the moment. He's in one of the nicest training. Oh, is it Georgia? It's one of the two. But uh, he's in one. He's in one of these NFL facilities, just working out, getting massive. It's him and Alex Gray's the other one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Alex Gray's gone to. Be, I think. I think they're both tight ends, actually. I think, but I don't know. Hmm. I, I also want to ask Tom before before we go. Like, um, obviously, you'll keep an eye on other Premiership games when they're on because you've got a, a vested interest there. But yeah. do you watch Super Rugby, Top Fourteen, Pro Fourteen? Um, would you leave all that to one side? I, I watch bits and bobs. I won't, you know, I won't set my alarm and, and make sure I'm, you know, I get up and watch it. Um, but if it's on, I'll, I will watch it. Um, especially Super Rugby, I think that's. We were talking, you know, before the podcast about just like entertainment value, mm. and I think you know you can't really look past the the Super Rugby league for, you know, it's a good hour and a half entertainment, mm. isn't it? No matter who's playing. Yeah. You, and would you fancy travelling if if someone? I mean, James Haskell uh, apparently went to, um, where was it? Oh, the Chiefs. Highlanders. Highlanders Chief, he was. Highlanders, yeah. yeah. He went to the Highlanders for, for not a lot of cash, just for the experience. There is an, an amazing opportunity as a professional athlete to to combine work and an amazing experience. Is that on your sort of long-term radar? Yeah, I think I think that you'd be foolish not to. I think that you've got to take advantage of the opportunity to travel and, and experience new things. Like you, you mentioned finances, but... but you know the experience of going out mm-hmm. to to these places is is invaluable. Really, you can't put a price on that sort of stuff. You know, what? I, I I could see you in um, Haguaras Orange. Oh yeah, li- <laughs> like living the life. <laughs> the pl- well, well, your style would be very suited to Super Rugby, Tom. Um, I, do you know, I've, I've been I've been told that a few times. Look, I, I'd love to, I'd love to go out and experience that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, at the moment, I know very cliche, but you know, solely focused on on just. You know, seeing out my contract at Warsaw, just signed you know uh, another contract, and you know, hopefully I, I can you know win something while I'm here. Yeah, and yeah. then your perspective changes, doesn't it? Absolutely, mm. and, and also it, it it would be poor form to be uh, to be shopping around the Super Super Rugby now when you're trying to make top four and win the league <laughs> yeah. and everything else. You're spreading rumours again. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope no. Um, dodgy rugby blogs and Wales Online-esque reporting starts going no no we can't come and get me please (laughs) rugby. that's not what's happening no you got you got um a big a big few weekends left Tom and um well yeah all the best thank you very much now Tom before you go tell everyone where we can find you on social media I'm uh at cruise dog oh sorry at cruise underscore dog two uh on twitter and uh cruise dog on instagram fantastic awesome mate what's the uh what's the um there's a lot of rugby players with dog. I was I noticed that Ty Byrne has long dog or um, long dog burn as his um, does, does he Twitter handle? Yeah. Not, uh, well, of course. There's there's also uh, the Great Dane. Who's the Great Dane? Oh, Mike, Mikey, uh, Mikey. Mikey Mayhew. That's Peter Schmeichel. That is <laughs> United fan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, you must be happy. Yeah, I went yesterday. Is that, you, is that what you stuck around in Manchester for? I went yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Honestly, absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 the game, that. It must be nice for the United guys to be watched by by a uh, real sports star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, they are. There's some pretty good athletes out there, aren't they? They're not. They're not too bad. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll let you get 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 out of here then, Tom. Yeah. 
Thank you very much for having me. Mate, abs- a- absolute pleasure. Whenever you're down, pop in. Cheers, lads. All the best. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Nice one, Tom. Cheers, Bye. mate. There he is. Uh, Tom Cruise. That was nice. Nice surprise. Yep. What a gent. He is. And if you want to find, if you want to hear the whole interview, there is the Rugby Dungeon <laughs> out this Wednesday. Shameless plug. Absolutely. Do, do a shameless plug for Cornerstone then, because um, we've sent Tom Cruise off with his very own engraved Cornerstone shaft. Absolutely. <laughs> he was delighted with his engraved shaft. Um, Cornerstone. Oh, you only mean the the leaders in uh, in the market when it, uh, when it comes to men's shaving technology german engineered blades on a well it's a handcrafted shaft it's not a personalized shaft for as little as four, four pound a month the razors come direct to your door no need for going to the shops and having those awkward keys to unlock those cabinets to stop criminals stealing your razors you can just get them delivered directly to your door by going to cornerstone forward slash egg chasers or oh it's me isn't egg, it egg ten at checkout now i've heard that um, just like with with firearms and the actual ammunition, you have to keep the razors and the shafts apart a little bit because otherwise they can be they're too sharp and too precise. That is exactly um, right, mate. Exactly yeah. right. But uh, you get your free engraved shaft if you if you spend that four quid on your on your first order. So yeah, get involved. Um, uh, there's one more thing I just want to say before we depart the because I know Tom's there and we talked about sale wasps quite a bit. I mentioned that Mike Haley incident. I wonder if the sighting commission will be there. What I would like to say. Um, the way that JP Doyle ref the game is how I want the game refereed. In other words, let the boys play where at all possible. Uh, but by comparison to other decisions, I think Sale got very, very lucky. You think about Lover Balavu and that four week. Oh band. yeah, completely right. Yeah. And then and then Mike ha- uh, Haley smashed Josh Bassett in the face with a shoulder and a forearm when he was knelt on the floor, nowhere near a ruck. And also, uh, Dai Young suggested that. And when you look again, you can see Fafter Clerk. Yeah knocked out Danny Cipriani with a forearm. And I will I'll, I'll suggest that if that had been Matt Luamanu who knocked out Danny Cipriani with a forearm, it would have been a red card on the field. What, what are you implying? When a small guy does it, uh, it's it, it, it doesn't get given. Like if Joe Marler had done what Mike Haley did, it would have been a red card on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's, it's interesting. You're right. I think this... It'll be very interesting to see what the sighting commissioner does because so, cause the the Faf and the Haley incident both need to be looked at in my opinion. Yeah. So actually, what I thought you were getting up there, Tim, was just like either bigger, well, not bigger blokes, but guys already already with the reputation for getting accorded uh, occasionally. Possibly there is that, but the, yeah, there there is possibly that element. But I mean, I'm quite happy for the for the Faf the clerk one to be dealt with as a well that that does happen. Your instinct as a player while you're holding the ball is to is to use your arm as a defensive mechanism rather than an attacking weapon. So I'm quite I, I would be alright with that one being left. But letter of the law, consistency and all the things which um this is where letter of the law leads, I'm afraid, where there's more and more players going to be getting suspensions and it'll be interesting to see what the Sighting Commission do. Well I tell you what I think the Sighting Commission got it wrong on Danny. Yes. Completely wrong. Um, hey, if you said it, you know you've got to face consequences. If you can't prove it, you can't prove it. So what? Well, he, hasn't, he hasn't actually been, and we haven't had the detailed report yet. But he hasn't ha- actually been given a four-week ban for the homophobic slur, which I was really surprised to see the BBC report had happened when actually the RFU have not written that down at all. They've said abusive language. Yeah, which is nonsense, isn't it? I mean. I mean, we've just been talking to a professional rugby player here, right? And he'll tell you, and as many other rugby players will tell you, all they do is get on each other's backs. 
you know, and you know, there are there are limits, but abusive language. I mean, that's what they do for eighty minutes. Mm, it's what well, like I think there's I think there's a line that you can cross, you know, like a, a, a more tasty version of "You're not very good, mate." You know, yeah, that's fine, but uh, that is abusive, isn't it? Yeah. But there's there is a line and abusive and a homophobic. You're a comment. real you're a real idiot. You are a real idiot. Yeah, idiot. but it's not been done for ho- for homophobic comments. Well, so. we don't know because we've not seen the, the full report. We've we never seen we? the detailed report. I, I, I where I, I broadly speaking agreed with what Steve Diamond said to me before the game in that the, there is a burden of proof. If, effectively, what he was saying is there's, there's got to be a burden of proof. Correct. If it's one word against another and there's no evidence, can, you're setting a a, a a potentially dangerous precedent to. To say that any accusation without evidence, mm-hmm. if it's of a certain nature, gets given as a ban to be seen to be doing the right thing. But um, I completely brain farted what I was going to say there. Look. Never mind. I, I, if I, I've I, said it once, I've said it a million times. Whisper your insults. <laughs> and cover your mouth. Cover your mouth Hand and whisper, over the mouth. whisper your insults. Yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's going to be happening time and time again. It's just and good coaching. It's a coaching point. If you are going to. Uh, insult or say something nasty about people whatever you do don't write it on social media what a segue I mean the one no that's what I was going to say the one thing I do disagree with Steve Diamond on in what he said is when he said that what happens on the field stays on the field that should not be the there shouldn't be there should be limits to that as Phil said well I mean but that principle is still broadly the same isn't it you run into each other with your shoulders you try and I mean, you literally try and break each other's ribs. I mean, people talk about that. You know, you you are out there to do damage to uh, to other people for eight for eighty minutes. Now there are limits. You're right. You know, yeah. you know, there's no swinging arms to heads, and you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't uh, throw out home, like, homophobic slurs. Yeah. But yeah, broadly speaking, he is right. But that, that's what I like about rugby is the fact that you have to be so aggressive and so up for it in physical. But you've got to know where the limits are. Yeah, and, and then you've got to be a perfect gentleman off it. Yeah, and the, <laughs> being able to define those limits, um, living right on the edge, but not stepping over yeah. the edge, is exactly where you want to be. So, mm. anyway, onto the other, uh, the other uh, yeah. homophobic issue: um, Israel Folau. <sighs> Who is he? Is he? Is he? Look, I, <laughs> I, uh, what is he doing? Uh, first and foremost, all right. If we're having a debate about about this, me and Israel Folau are on opposite sides. Of, of the debate there, there is no two ways about that right but what did you expect the highly religious man to say when you asked the question on social media i mean they go to them into the response to start with and i live in this idea of a perfect utopia where people can have different ideas disagree and then still be friends and walk away i mean he's he's done nothing really other than uh, say that some people might go to a place that doesn't exist so what's the problem <laughs> can we just get over it and move on but no of course everyone needs to get on twitter and virtually sign about how disgusted they are because that makes them better people uh, I, and I kind of think most of the people tweeting about this are mostly doing it to show how brilliant they are as people rather than actually having any real offense to it <laughs> um i think it's right for people to be disappointed in Fal- disappointed's fine yeah. mock him you know? Yeah, yeah, mocking him. Is, yeah, that's <laughs> laugh at him. So I, I think there should be because there's been talk talk about banning him. <laughs> no, which is for me complete nonsense. I mean, how insecure must you be to think, uh, oh, uh, you know, I, I can't get gay married now because um, you know the guy who's really good under a highball doesn't doesn't think it's a good idea. It makes no difference. You know, if he's got <laughs> stupid opinions, it should be ignored, and you, and you and we all move forward. I can I can yep. get on board with that. Yeah, and and I completely agree. And it's you know what, um, it's like when 
uh, some university campuses demand that certain people with unsavoury beliefs aren't allowed to put their point across. Um, actually, let them put let them put their point across, and then, as you say, mock them. And and in other ways, Israel Falau will be shown up. He will lose out on endorsements. Yeah, exactly. He, he, exactly. He will lose out on on kind of respect of some of his fellow pros, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, he'll be he he will pay in lots of ways, but he shouldn't pay with taking away his ability to do his job because uh, yeah I, I, I'm I'm exactly what well, I think we're all in agreement and I, I actually unfortunately think we're in a little bit it feels at least on Twitter moral like panic a, like we're in a minority actually and I think there'll be uh, I think there'll be other people plenty of other people saying oh it, he should not be able to to play again no I I, I completely disagree with his beliefs I, I think it was so stupid to do it on Twitter really clumsy <laughs> thing is though back- like he is a very religious man and yes, you know exactly. what did you expect he, he has his beliefs and that and that will be that and, and, and also there's a lot of um, the Pacific Island nations um, have players disproportionately represented in rugby union and they come from quite often very difficult very unfortunate backgrounds and religion is a huge moral compass. Yeah, and, you... and 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 it's a lot of these a lot of these guys are devoutly religious. Yeah, and and I think that that context. Well, no, even if even well, it doesn't matter. Even if that's the context, we've got to defend people's rights to have opinions that we don't agree yeah. with. Yeah, as long as I mean, as long as it doesn't cross the line. Yeah, the most yeah. delicious irony of the whole thing, right, is the accounts which are hammering. Israel Falau the most, or exactly the same accounts in a few weeks' time, will post something like, post, will will like retweet a hashtag about lift the weight campaign about abuse on social media. So um, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? That's that's it's a double standard, and if you don't fit the right, if you're not saying the right things, whatever. Nigel Owen said, um, "Yes, you're entitled to your opinion, but but one should understand that what that opinion can do to young and vulnerable people's lives, in particular." ones in a bad place dealing with their sexuality and i thought that was quite a yeah and you know what? quite a powerful point of view from 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 someone in the game yeah i agree with that I, but i'd also say this you know if there was a young a young person strugg- struggling with that on the one hand there is there is israel falau that's fine on the other hand there is nigel owens and gareth thomas so if, if you know if you if, if that is your situation go and see what those guys have yeah. done yeah Look, look for the right you know, kind of role model. Yeah, there's a, a there's a range of role models, a range of opinions. So yeah. I, I, I'm again, uh, maybe we spent too 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 much time on this already. Yeah, well, I think we're in agreement, and there'll be you know you may be listening and completely disagree with us, but that's the point, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're saying right now. Israel Flower on the Rugby Dungeon next week, by the way. <laughs> that would be a coup. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um. Uh, more rugby? Yeah, yeah. Well, just, uh, just a, a couple of other stories. We don't need to talk about these oh, in yes. any depth, but Please. South Africa relaxing the selection rule. Razi Erasmus can pick box based overseas with less than 30 caps if he gives a valid reason. Well, like they're the really reason, good. They're really good. <laughs> I want him. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's my valid reason. He's the best scrum half who is South African. Yeah. I mean, what better? Is that good enough? That seems pretty simple. Yep, yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, what, what else uh, is there? What World Rugby talking about Spain? They've come out and said that they would recommend the game is replayed. However, first there is a QC looking into the ineligibility situation. So I think World Rugby have actually done this. Oh, I'm glad. Glad you mentioned they've that done, because I have done had this beautifully. So because they're, they're, they can they've done the right they've done 
all of the right things, but I don't think the rematch will end up happening. Um, it should happen. So here's my problem. I said it last week, so I'll just touch on it again. Don't be going. To, don't be trying to make more issues out of this game. Deal with the issue at hand. Now, I understand there's some eligibility issues, but my God, if we start delving into Tier 2 eligibility, it's a murky <laughs> world. And God knows what the unintended consequence would be. So let's not do that. It looks like that's the route they're going down. Which... That is the route they're going down. And I don't think the game will, between Belgium and Spain will happen. If it does, yeah. I might go to Brussels. We're in. We're definitely going. Um, <laughs> I've had one of my profound thoughts. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. So first I gave you uh, removing the knock-on. Yeah. Now I'm going to give you this. I think we should get rid of all capture teams. Yeah, you've mentioned this. So it, so it's only a full cap counts. Yes. And two things made me think this. A, the Spain uh, versus Belgium debacle. Yeah. Exactly. Mike Haley made me think of this. Because Mike Haley has played in England in the 21s, and he's played a team, and yet he can go. No, yeah. he played against the Barbarians. Oh. He played for England against the Barbarians, which wasn't a cap game. Did but he, not... he also played South against Africa. South Africa. Yeah, so he played Saxons against South Africa, which everyone thought was um, a capture game. Yeah. But there was, I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but... Is also... it that South Africa didn't have the their A team as their capture no, team? No, they rotate it. So they say, right, today it's going to be under 21s, and <laughs> the next day it's going to be A team. So they must have rotated it at the wrong time for Mike Haley. And this is the point, really, isn't it? Why is there an industry, a little cottage industry in rugby, dedicated to capturing people? So when Mike Haley decided to play for Munster, the first thought wasn't... Um, you know, wasn't oh right, we've lost an England international. The first thought was how can we block him from being a Ireland international? So they go through the whole rigmarole to checking when all of the capture games happened. It's a waste of time, and also it's a it's just a privilege that the wealthier nations have who can run these extra teams. They can capture a load of players who they never intend never intend to play. Instead of using it as a way to promote your players from within, because let's face it, you know these teams are thrown together last minute. The coaches don't have any coaching time. They're not real teams. They are there basically to prevent other nations taking that player. I I think certainly in the case of the Saxons, that's probably not fair. Um, Who's but, Saxons coach now? Uh, don't know. Exactly. Who was Saxons coach in South Africa? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. How often was it? Was it, was it uh, Ali Heeper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like how, how often is Ali Heeper getting the Saxons together? But no, it's So if you're getting a team together, it's a good opportunity to look at um, players and combinations of players at a higher standard than just Premiership. I don't think it is a higher standard than Premiership, but I guess the value is how do they behave in that group dynamic? What, what do they bring to the party? How do they train? That kind of thing. Maybe yeah. I mean, the Saxons is a is a is a useful process, but I'm not against actually just making it a full international cap, um, and then you can't play for anyone else. I disagree with the sort of second part, and I'm glad you didn't mention what you tweeted, which is oh, also wait, you I... get rid of the capture teams and mean you can change teams with a three-year residency period. Exactly. So here's, no, absolutely so not. So here's the second part of this, okay? You can change teams once. I didn't put that in my tweet. <laughs> no, no, but no, no, no. you play, and it should be five cap, a five-cap limit. So that would stop everyone just capping once and then binning off. But fundamentally, if they want you in the national team and you're good enough, and they're going to commit to you as a player, then you've got a bit of certainty going forward. The idea of just capturing swathes of swathes and swathes of players using capture teams is an utter nonsense, and it should go. It should be. It should be abandoned immediately. They can still run those those teams, but there's no consequence to the player. I, I think the logical conclusion of where you go is that international rugby becomes a, a kind of club type entity. And actually, you know what? 
yes, it's it's unfortunate if you were born in a in a country that isn't as good and you're one of the greatest players on earth. Look at George Best with Northern Ireland, for example. Yeah. He would have played for Brazil or whoever. Yes, that, that's what a shame. That's the lottery. If we're going to have nations which have boundaries and have their own passports and things like that, then that's how it works. So this is an absolute farce. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Phil, you can take it if you want. No, I think we've already given too much time to this. Well, I don't, I don't expect we will see any significant further changes to the process um, uh, from World Rugby. But we can all agree captured teams should be eliminated. You either play your international game, your full international cap, or you don't. And if they want to make the Barbarians game full international cap, so be it. They want to make the Tour South Africa full international cap, so be it. But it's one or the other. Uh, I'm more tempted to go the other way. Why? Completely the other way. Well, what's, the other, what's completely the other way? And have everything. So you represent the England under-18s, England no, under-20s. No, no, under no. uh, yeah, why not? Hmm. You have the whole thing, you have everything. If you, if you I, the, reason, on... the reason I'd say no is because a lot of lads come over to the UK from outside of the UK uh, to go to, say, a rugby private school based on the strength of their rugby. So that you know, you could easily have like a, a, a Welsh lad, for instance, the guy in Sale. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Sam he, Moore. Sam Moore, who went up to Sebba. He is pretty. Cam Welsh. Redpath, the Scottish player based yeah. in Manchester. So you have all these. He's going to go through the England route because he'll get twenty-five grand a game if he becomes an England international, and who can blame him? Yeah, but you know, it's also easier for him to play his age-grade stuff for England oh, rather yeah. than ship no, him up exactly. to Glasgow. You know. Yeah. So that, no, that, that's what we're saying. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. There you are. Done. I've solved another rugby problem. Well done, JB. <laughs> Fair play. Real thinker. Uh, just one other little story before we get into some sort of deep dive rugby chat. Um, you've got to spare a thought for Cardiff Blues. One problem you can solve is, is how to make a quicker journey to Bloemfontein. Yeah. For 55 hours, delays, cancellations, players sleeping on airport floors. Oh. Then, they, then they arrived, but their bags dif- didn't. And the game got put back by three hours. And they lost. <laughs> they they lost. Was it a penalty try late on in the game? As Devastated. Well? Devastated. Oh, well, happens. I mean, 55 hours is a, is a nightmare, but they did spend the Wednesday night in a hotel at Heathrow, and then they did spend their delay in Johannesburg Airport in an executive lounge. So they, you know, anyone else that was going to Bloemfontein would have a, an even rougher story to tell. <laughs> yeah, true. So I found something out about Cardiff Blues the other day. Apparently, if you're a real big fan of Cardiff Blues, I can't believe I'm saying this, um, on the end of your Twitter handle, you put BB. Do you know what BB stands for? Big boy. Black and blue. So there are actual adult grown men who have set their, who have set their Twitter handles as their names followed by BB. To demonstrate what huge Cardiff fans they are. How weird is that? Fair play. Not for me. <laughs> um, something I've, I've been meaning to bring up for ages now, and, I'm, and I'm, you just reminded me, Marcus Smith's Twitter handle. Oh, what is it? It's o, a... o to That's it. M. Smith. Is, is this the first rugby player with a corporate Twitter handle? Well, when was this? Is there another reason for the O2? When was he born? Oh, is that it? Well, I thought the same thing. I thought exactly the same thing when I saw it, but I don't know when was he born. Uh, <laughs> it, prob- uh, it won't be 02, will it? No, don't he's, know. he's 18, or has he just turned 19? He's just turned 19. I'm sure he's 60. I'm, I think so he's 15. He- <laughs> 14 <laughs> years old, Marcus yeah. Smith. He gets younger, Marcus Smith. Uh, 1999. Oh. Oh, maybe it is a corporate... So, but I've just been on there. Uh, it is... It is zero two, or it looks, yeah, that's a zero. 
So uh, it's zero two, M Smith. Hmm. So, I, I always don't know. And his his um background picture is the most nineteen year old background picture you could possibly imagine. So what is it? It's just <laughs> him him and a load of mates holding a couple of bottles and a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> like a load of basically 16-year-old boys having their first beer. Yeah. Well, he is he is getting younger by the day, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Lads. Oh, good on him. I would have, I want to if anyone knows where the O2 comes from. Yeah, I suppose it might just be that Marcus Smith had gone and N- Mar- yeah. two Marcus Smith had gone. Zero two was available in we <laughs> in we go. It's genius though. If if it was an accident, it could be an incredible accident to have had yeah exactly well maybe well, he's been O2, groomed. they love their rugby don't they oh too they yes they do well maybe he was being groomed from a young age to become to become a professional sportsman so very uh, very, very young age yeah so you know if you if you looked at um i, I suspect that's happened because if you look at um cam redpath's twitter handle uh heineken cameron I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might it might be too over i don't know <laughs> yeah uh I, well Let's uh, talk about Harlequins, because... Uh, oh, my goodness me. I mean, let's face it. Has there ever been a squad in history that hates each other as much as as, <laughs> as, as much as these boys do? Well, I told you, I predicted an Irish win. And you I did? told you that, that even if Irish had, had been already down, they would go for it 100% to try and get those local bragging rights. And they did. But, uh, they humped them. Not just one. They went to Quinns and humped them. And it was... It was a very good performance by London Irish. It was. I've only seen the um, the extended highlights, the kind of fifteen, sixteen minute highlights. It looked woeful from from Harlequins. So, did you read the Twitter the the tweets someone sent us from Joe Marler? Yeah, what's going on with this? So, as I understand it, did, did a bit more digging. I mean, I I think Joe Marler's out out the door there as it happens. I have no evidence. I've not heard that from anyone else. That's just what I think, right? Um. So, so allegedly he goes to the VIP area after getting substituted and he basically said like enough is enough um, and also uh, allegedly the Carlequins coaches just according to this tweet did not go down and see the players Nick Easter did but all the others exited through a different door and that was it <laughs> through the back door and... through the back door yeah so we I, should highlight that's, that's hearsay and we don't know yeah. no but... we absolutely do not know that for certain but it, you know, maybe a bit more digging would I mean they they seem like a, a miserable bunch uh, Mar- the Marlon Yard thing really kind of um, I lifted the lid on what's going on there there was also an interview with uh, Marla who said basically basically the same thing um, they're just not a happy bunch are they so is this coming from the the players not being happy at the coaches I think everyone's not happy or a combination of that or the players uh, kind of just not getting on off, like groups, cliques within yes. within the playing squad. That's what I've heard. Again, I have no evidence. This is absolute hearsay. Uh, apparently different age groups have come up at different times and you know there's, there are cliques and they just, don't, they just don't like each other. And that will be that. So people are, people are calling for uh, Kingston's head. I would agree. But not only Kingston's head. So below him, obviously, you've got Mark Mapletoft, who is the head coach. Yep. And then you've got uh, quite a collection of other coaches below oh, him. Oh, I, I love reading off the list of Quinn's coaches. Please do. Um, so, defence. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Coach Nikista. Yep. Forwards coach Graham Roundtree. Yep. Assistant forwards coach Adam Jones. Correct. Uh, skills coach Colin Osborne, who I don't know. Nope. Uh, attack coach Nick Evans. Yep. You've then got the the usual other um, coaches, include or other individuals, including head of rugby operations Graham <laughs> Bowerbank, head of strength and conditioning Gareth Tong, head of medical services, head of anal- analysis and recruitment, uh, and the the list goes on. So. Uh, I do wonder if they're just inventing new jobs for their senior players all the time so that they've got such a wide power base that they can never actually be uprooted. Always, there's always going to be someone there. I'd get rid of them all. Every last one of them. I'd get rid of them all. I would get in a, a new director of rugby. He can pick whoever he wants uh, and start again. I think I'd start getting rid of, the, rid of some of the quote-unquote senior players. I think Dave, people like Dave Ward, Joe Marler, um, a lot of guys, a lot of money could, should go. Not because they're bad players. Not at all that. Uh, more because I think they need a fresh start. I'd keep Danny Kerr and I'd keep uh, Rob Shaw. I'd build around Lang and Marcus, uh, Smith. Marcus Smith. And everyone else is up, is up for negotiation. Mm. Well, I mean, it's only a matter of weeks ago since the, the coaching staff <clears throat> signed their contract extension. Uh, another person <laughs> who's under significant pressure is Todd Blackadder now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if they can Blackadder, right, This I, I just don't see where Bath go next. There are so few kind of experienced, capable um, coaches at that level. So you can't all fire. Like so, Northampton have they've lined up Chris Boyd for next season. Yeah, you can't all line up super, former Super Rugby like guys from Super Rugby who've got five years experience. And in Bath's case, you can't line someone up, bring him in like Todd Blackadder, and then after two years because it's not quite gone to plan fire him and try and get another one. It, it's... They would be insane to get rid of Blackadder. Insane. Yeah. The other I... question is, does Blackadder want to stay? I mean, that... Well, that, that's a very different question. Yeah. So if someone offered Blackadder a position back in New Zealand, would he go and take it? Perhaps. Perhaps he's not got the full control of his squad bringing players in that <clears> he wants. I... He lost. He did lose his number two as well, didn't he? To buy Metzen. Yeah. Uh, Early doors. Partway through the season. Yeah. Who apparently is that was the head coach? So yeah, yeah, he was the head coach. Yeah, yeah Blackadder's director of rugby. I wonder if yeah, I, I can't, I can't see it lasting. But I just don't know where Bath go next, and I, I don't like what how they've recruited this year. Um, if the rumours are true and 
Todd Blacker doesn't have as much of much input as he should do, maybe uh, on, on on recruitment. That that's not a good idea. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. I, also, I also think Bath are playing very conservatively. Mm. They've got they have got weapons. I they just feel a bit a little bit inhibited, and I, I don't know. I, I, Reese Priestland got a lot of time for, um, and we thought earlier in the season that that you know having the two fly halves battling with each other was was really going to bring out the best in them. I, I didn't. Don't know. I really I didn't think that. I don't know if that suits Freddie Burns. I just can't help thinking that Freddie Burns is the type of guy that just needs a coach to say, "You're my man." Yeah. Go for it. You're not going to get dropped. You're you're my you're my man. Go for it, and he will do amazing things. I don't think Freddie Burns works when he's not. He's not when he's got the threat of just being dropped if he tries something and it doesn't work. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, it's kind of like the quarterback thing in 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 the NFL. If if you've got two of them, you've got none. Mm. So I, I don't think it's an, and also they're very different players, aren't they, Priestland and Burns? They're, they're they're completely different. Yeah, they they are not even close to being one A and one B. Yeah, so it's um you do wonder like who was responsible for this recruitment? How was this a good idea? You know, was Burns going to be the number one? Why did they, why did they even bring in Reese Priestland? That's the other thing. I mean, he he, he continued to play. Wales. Is he similar to George Ford in any way? Uh, George Ford can play that more controlling game. And in fact, it was one of the notable features of George Ford's game against Bath was that he did play the distributor role. Mm. He, he didn't. He played the distributor in the kicker. He didn't look to take the ball to the line and, uh, and run himself. Yeah. So he, he can do it. I don't think you actually get the best out of George Ford when you see him like that, though. Yeah, I would argue that George Ford and Freddie Burns would be a better two to have together. <laughs> Possibly. So the, if... um, There were some old-school Leicester moments in that game. That Harrison try after just battering the line, inching their way forwards. Yeah. Uh, heavy, heavy carriers was great. Warms one the heart. Thing was, uh, one thing that maybe sort of characterised the game and was a summary of the game in one little moment was Calamaphoni doing an absolute number on Falatau. Who knew he had, he had that in his locker? That Not me. Set. Yeah, Calamaphoni had one of the best games I've ever seen him have in this. Well, this is this is previous to um, having another good game where he actually scored a try. I think maybe his first ever Premiership try two weeks ago. <laughs> I think he scored like it's something like four tries in three games, something like that. Is that right? Incredible, I think so incredible runner form. The year, the it, year he's in your fantasy team, Phil. You should know. Uh, no, he was in my fantasy team for the first half of the season where he was getting uh, ten ten carries, two meters for the first. Um, 15 games of the season and the last four he's just started to do things yeah um <laughs> yeah uh quite quite an incredible turnaround for Leicester to be fair death taxes and Leicester in the top four. Oh, I just I know I've said it once this podcast I if they do it I will be gobsmacked they're gonna do it they're not gonna do it they're gonna do it no I don't think they'll beat Sale at the AJ Bell one one, one moment then I, I just want to mention uh, tying in with the the kind of Letter of the law, and where have we got with so many players getting cards, suspensions, and stuff? The Thompson yellow card. He was already under the ball, ready to catch it. Wilson jumped forwards from away from him into Adam Thompson's head. Thompson gets the yellow card. <laughs> I know that did feel a bit harsh. That's I mean, exact- I, think, I actually think the law was incorrectly enforced by the letter of the law, but this is my point, I guess. Yeah. That <laughs> that's exactly what that's exactly how I'm going to be coaching my my players from now on though. Got to yeah. jump jump in. Yeah, 
get the crash mats out in training and start exactly. coaching. Roll, roll on the floor. I guess <laughs> hold I guess, your head. I guess there is an argument that if you're under pressure, so players do get taught. If you're under pressure, get off the ground, and it's you're going to have to go back to that. But it did feel a bit. Um, <laughs> it didn't feel like the right outcome in that uh, incident. I'm afraid. Mm. But I tell you, Mark, Mark Bakewell might be the signing of the season if they do get yeah. top four. I did. I think I might have said some nice things about Mark Bakewell. Uh, the only reason I say nice things about Mark Bakewell is because I've been told by people who've co- who've been coached by him that he's a very, very good bloke and a very good coach. But I don't know know, know that to be so actually. So no, we... he, he has great PR from just people in the game, doesn't he? Yeah, players. yeah. Um, who mentioned it? Oh, Dave, Dave, David Flatman. I will say also, uh, Bakewell coming in and Leicester's resurgence, and the, the resurgence of their pack has coincided with Gel- uh, Ellis Genge coming back in, getting back Stone Genge. Who is, he, he adds that bit of dog to that Leicester pack, and he gives you another, well, he gives you a good carrying option. Mm. Um, and Pilotta now's come in and he's playing well as well. So, yeah, it does look like Leicester, <laughs> they, my money is on them to get top four. No again. way. No again. way. Yeah, I, I I think wasps are in danger now. Yeah, well they've got Worcester coming up, haven't they? So yeah. that's w- Worcester and Northampton. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, you're right. You're right. So you'd yeah. you'd say that's that's ten points. No, they not... might have lost that home semi final, which is that's big. They'll have to yeah. go to Saracens. Sar- yeah, Saracens or Exeter, they'll be going to. So <laughs> you, I wouldn't fancy anyone against uh, Saracens or Exeter. Um, hmm. Northampton for Saracens are like um, like, like the sort of the go-to <laughs> uh, on speed dial that you know you're on a promise from. You can just call them late at night. Oh, Tim, come on! <laughs> wow. Oh, we we need to we need to get some confidence here. We 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 need a result. Oh, let's let's give let's give uh, Saints a call. Two hundred and thirty-seven points. Saracens have clocked up against them in four games this season. Yeah, to sixty-four, and I think it's thirty tries. They said. Thirty tries. No, that can't, wow. That can't be right. The maths doesn't. No, work. that can't be. That's nine. A, that's like oh, nine. Well, nine a game. Yeah, it does. The maths does work. Oh wow. Uh, so um, yeah. Here's the thing about this game, right? Uh, people seem to forget. Uh, Northampton. I, yeah, this is a, a weird fact. Do you know they're fully professional, full time outfit? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> well, the first half, you would have guessed that they were a fully professional outfit. Yeah, every one of them gets paid. The second half, it was 48 unanswered points in the second half. 48 nil in the second half. But oh, in, in oh the first God. half, they were they were very much in the game. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I, my my vocabulary has ra- run out of words to describe how bad Northampton are now. <laughs> what do you think... Um, oh, I just brain farted the new coach that you mentioned a moment ago, Phil. Chris, Chris Boyd. Boyd. Chris Boyd, Boyd. what's Boyd Chris it? Boyd's thinking he, when he gets he watches the games? I mean, I assume Chris Boyd must be thinking how much he's going to increase his pension contributions by because yeah. that's the only thing to look forward to. Yeah, he's thinking about making it rain. Yeah, and uh, looking at the team as well. I mean, it's an okay team, but I mean, where? How do they pull this round? They need so many players in so many positions. Well, so the team. They, they've got good players in some positions. The pack is what worries me. They, yeah, I'm looking at the pack. I mean, who would you, 
Who would you want to build? Uh, I'll list the pack, and you tell me who would you want to build your team around: Campesi, Morfu, Reese Marshall, Kieran Brooks, who's going? Um, uh, what I can't say. The Rat, Fijian chap, Rat something. Happy Ratanyawara. Yeah, Ratanyawara. Him. Sorry, Christian sorry. Day retiring. David Ribbons is a good player. Uh, Jamie Gibson, Tamona Harrison. Gibson's it, not a bad player as well. Heinrich Brousseau as well. Didn't play it, but Brousseau. I know, I know, not in the side the, yesterday, but. And Brousseau is not the player he was uh, eight years ago. <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> they, they signed a superstar from eight years ago. <laughs> yep, I agree with that. So I don't and know where they go. I mean, they, they are missing a few players. They're missing uh, Hartley, Laws, Tom Wood. Courtney Laws is the answer to your question. Yeah, yeah but you can't. Courtney Laws he'll, can't do everything. No, and he'll he'll have a particularly quiet. Courtney Laws would disagree with that next year because of um, World Cup and Six Nations. Yeah, or World Cup at the end of the season. Yeah. So uh, just they they, I know they've signed um, the Australian back. What's his name? Uh, the one who's playing Rob Horn. No, the oh. new one, the big winger. Oh. Um... Nay Ravolo, I think it is. Um, oh yeah, I, I I know they've got uh, Dan Biggers coming in. That's all right, uh, but ultimately they should be spending all their money on on the, on the pack. I think. Yeah, they need to st- really strengthen that pack. Yeah, they got a good backline. Yeah, I agree with that. I was thinking the backline isn't really the problem. Well, well, well no, the backline on paper isn't the problem. In reality, because they they've never seemed to have a settled backline. Yeah. So, so you've been going from. Uh, Piers Francis to Malinder to Myler at 10 and I couldn't tell you who their first choice is right now would, or who should their first oh, choice be well you missed one uh, Grayson of course has played a bit there, there as Grayson well. played a little bit yeah uh, so you abs- that is, you, are, you could not be more right Phil you could not be more right they do not have a, sort, a settled 10 they've gone through four, maybe more than anyone else it's like four 10s as many as Worcester certainly yeah and Worcester have had well reported problems at 10 yeah, Rob Horn to me is a class act. He yeah, Rob Horn's great. Yeah, and then everyone else. And Big Big Luther's had some good uh, form at times this season. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know what they do. Bigger Burrell, Horn, uh, um, Nairavolo, Malinder. You've got the makings of a good bat line there. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you. They need they, they need, but it's um, but Northampton and Quinns completely out of it and not even having a sniff at Champions Cup is. Amazing, and, but, and Bath uh, pretty oh, and Bath, much in, yeah. in that Bath. same boat. But here, here's one thing that um, actually I'm going to I've got to credit JP Doyle for this. I chatted to him um, before the game, and I was just firing some questions and saying some stuff and shooting um, the breeze, you know, chewing the cud. And he pointed out that the team that has finished in sixth in the Avicii Premiership has. There is a trend to struggle the next season, and I looked at this, and he's absolutely on the money. Do you know why that so, is? Yes, because they get the worst worst draw in the Champions Cup, so they get battered for two months in the winter months. Yep, yep. By, by the biggest sides in Europe, and it's almost always sale. <laughs> I mean, that's not a so, joke. No, no, no. So, so, uh, so last year it was Harlequins finished sixth, and yep. they're now eleventh. Yeah, or tenth. Um, or are they now 11th? Uh, Harlequins are 9th right now. Oh, 9th right now. Okay, so they were 6th. The season before that, it was Sale. Yeah. And then who dropped down to 11th or 10th, 10th last year. Yeah. And then before that, it was... I'm trying to remember. It was another side 
and basically I've, I've looked at it. I, I've, I've looked at the sides and with maybe one exception in the last seven, eight seasons, every team that's finished six has had a shocker the next year. That makes yeah. absolutely loads of sense because, okay. you know, just take this season. Everyone else is having a rest. You're playing Toulon. Yeah. Or Saracens or Scott. Was it Scarlet's? No, Scarlet's last year. Oh, yeah. Sorry, because obviously, yeah. So, yeah. So, last year, Sale played Scarlet's, uh, um, Toulon, Toulon and Saracens. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And also, that kind of from fourth down to about eighth in the Premiership, historically, it's always really tight. Mm. So, you... You're only marginally better than the team that finishes seventh, seventh or eighth or even ninth. Yeah, but you're getting then put through the meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough tough old ask. Yeah, uh, London Irish. I was looking at this as well. They had they have had or had six losing bonus points out of seven defeats. Yeah, I've seen that. If they'd have just converted. A couple. And they had definitely had chances to convert more than one of those. Yeah. How yeah. different this would look. Yeah. And so London Irish have only won three games. Two of those have been against Quinns. Is that right? Yeah. They, yeah, they won the opening day, didn't they? They did the double over Quinns. And Ugh. I can't remember who their other win was against. Was it against Worcester? don't know, actually. Anyway. It matters not. Indeed. So yeah, very poor. Going back to where we kind of started off, the Quins were so poor. London Irish looked brilliant. Backs scoring tries, uh, running from all over the place, and guys like Lewington, Marshall, Fowley, who was playing outside mm-hmm. centre, looked looked great. Uh, Tommy Bell came in at fullback, looked good. Um, well, scoring doesn't seem to be their problem. To be fair, it's holding on to leads. Yeah. Um, scoring is so they they are they scored the least points in yeah, the, in so the Aviva at the start of the season that's the case uh, it'd be interesting to see what the breakdown is towards the end of the so, season yeah uh, they, they seem to have got they, they, it, it seems to have taken them a little while to adjust to life in the Premiership and now they and have they're yeah. scoring but they just can't can't they, they, stuff out they came out the, they came out the blocks with the win but then looking at it they were playing Quins and. Who were destined to have a particularly poor season, so and, and also and it's their local rivals. Yeah, and it, yeah. The other thing is, if you're the promoted team, you know you're up for that game. That's your biggest game of the season, probably. Well, Br- Bristol have been promoted from the Championship, and unlike London Irish, you had to wait until deep in May to to know that that was definitely happening. Bristol know that on the eighth of April. Yeah, yeah. and they've and they've uh, well, they've made a massive signing, Ben Nutley. Massive signing, huge. <laughs> They've made a signing. Yep. So uh, that, that... It'll, be, it'll be good backup for Stephen Luatua. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is actually a massive Stephen signing? Stephen Luatua played in the championship. Uh, I know. Ian Madigan played in the championship. Unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. It's an it's an, it's an interesting one. And then well, they'll be joined by Charles Pietau next year. Yeah. They still Fair, need a fairly handy signing. Yeah, I was gonna say they still need a ten, but actually Madigan's not bad, is he? Madigan's not a bad. Player I mean, at he's all. probably better than last year's options. Who was last year's options? Oh, they had four, I think. Big Hen- Gav. Henson. She did the young lad. PC. PC, And yeah. there's another one as well. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Young. I'm going to say Callum Sheedy. Is that right? Yeah, Sheedy. Right. So he's the guy that got him. No, the guy who got him promoted was a Welsh lad. 
What's his name? Then he went out on loan. Don't know. Anyway. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, on the Exeter Gloucester thing, what, what about this then? Joe Simmons, if, if Eddie Jones was going to take an apprentice fly half on the South Africa tour, is Joe Simmons rivaling Magic Marcus for that seat? I was thinking about this watching yeah, watching well. this game. Um, well, not specifically that, but thinking about Joe Simmons. And I actually think coming into play ten at Exeter is probably the easiest job for, <laughs> yeah. for a young ten to do. Do you think you'd make it look easy? Uh, I definitely would not make it look where easy. Would you, okay, where would you least like to play ten? Outside Fafta Clerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good point, good point. Um, you reckon? You reckon? I well, think he's. Such, I think he's such a threat that he stops those big back row players. From yeah, but what's he doing next? Out the line at the ten. I would have no idea what he's going to do next. I don't know if he's <laughs> going to run, if he's going to pass, if he's going to kick, if he's going to maybe do a combination of two of those things at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen him running backwards and kick it backwards. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but so Exeter Steenson is a phenomenal player, but he's not. He's not a phenomenal kind of athlete, if that no. makes sense. He's not a Magic Marcus or a George Fourth or a Quade Cooper type player. He is a very, very good distributor, very good passer, and a very good kicker. Mm. And, you know and, exactly what you're going to get. And that's, that's it. So, so as long as you can do those two things and you can give... Because the, the Exeter pack is so good, you're going to get first-class ball. Uh, and the back line is so well-drilled. And you, you also use those two wingers as like almost um, kind of... An auxiliary tend to come round and distribute. So you have a, a, a flat run of, of twelve or thirteen, or you have those two to distribute out out the back. So it, it's a great club. It's a great, well coached, well organized, well set up team for a ten to come in and look as good as uh, Joe Simmons is looking. We, we got tweeted earlier saying Exeter the new Borg. Yeah, those malls and pick and goes arguably aren't the most exciting what the... what i like it i like it <laughs> how is it not exciting explain that I like to me <laughs> I, i'm i'm not accusing that of being the case but i'm just how, saying how have we got how have we got to stage in rugby right where passing the ball the ball and avoiding people is more fun than gladiatorial confrontation pick and go that's what it's about pick up the ball and run into a man off you go <laughs> No, what I was what... going to say was, sorry, actually, sorry. I think the perspective, some people that think, oh, that's a bit boring. Actually, it, what's boring is how monotonously effective Exeter are at doing it, not the actual process. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Just, you know how it's going to end up. That's what makes it boring. It's going to be a try. It is. It, it's beautiful. And that is why it's it so amazing. amazing when a team like Leinster can stop it. That's what's amazing. Like, here, we're going to do exactly what it says on the tin, you stop it. Oh, by the way, we have stopped it, and that's amazing. Yeah. I love well, it. I love it so much. I thought the commentary in this game was really interesting because <clears throat> for the first 15 minutes, Exeter were banging on the door, all the all territory possession, and Gloucester's defence was completely solid. Mm. They were putting in some massive hits, and they um, rightly highlighted Ugo and Flats, uh, rightly highlighted guys like Afoa who were making one hit, then immediately jumping to their feet and making another one. But you can't stop it for that long. They yeah. made... 150 odd tackles in that first half. <laughs> yeah, they were going to be absolutely exhausted, and Exeter just kept going and kept going and kept going. And Gloucester ran out of steam. You know what I love about it is they don't panic. Like oh. it, for a lot of teams getting smashed back, they're like, oh, "Do you know what? Maybe we'll go to something else." They don't go to something else. They're so convinced that they know what they're doing, they just stick. They with do. It. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one th- one uh, one observation about this game: 
the level of celebration after tries, some would some might argue is a bit over the top. Not, I, I, not I, enough. I like a good I like a good handshake um, good, good of a player tap. as he's running back to the half time. Oh, I miss it makes me miss the cock tap, cock tap even more. But yeah. All fifteen players huddling round on every try, on every try, even when you've scored scoring like your sixth try. See, I'm the guy that loves the backs running in when you win a penalty from a scrub. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Praise I, me. I don't mind it for a try. I I don't like it when it's if it's a turnover or a, a narrow decision goes against you or goes for you at a breakdown. The whole team <laughs> flooded remember, in. Do you remember um, Brad Barrett <laughs> cheering? He, he made a hit or something, and he's cheering over his slain opponent like he's a WWE superstar. <laughs> yeah, but then three of his mates are jumping. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> All right, the guys, reeling on the on the on the floor with a compound fracture of the rib. My ribs. <laughs> But generally, I think the, the the general takeaway there is bring back the cock tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Now, you do raise an important point though, and I think that's probably why extra is so great is because they do have that togetherness and they do want to celebrate with each other. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you one one single stat that shows just how good the coaching is of Exeter. One stat from this game, and that is. Thomas Francis made more meters with ball in hand than Charlie Sharples. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And there you go. And that's why I'm a rugby visionary because I dropped Charlie Sharples from my fantasy rugby draft team and I have Exeter as my front row. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Tell you what, um, I've said it before, say it again. Thomas Francis has improved so much over the last hasn't year. Hasn't he just? Hasn't he He's just? He's turning into quite a fine prop, actually. He did. He, the, the criticism I will give it of him... He missed that tackle for the uh, when Mark Atkinson broke through for the Braley try. But besides that, that was—I mean—it was an elementary tackle that he should have made. Yeah. But besides that, he was—he was pretty good. He actually made a couple of breaks with ball in hand. I'd love to scrimmage against Thomas Francis just to know what it felt like. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise, who we had in before, was telling me about like, different people that uh, he, he scrimmaged against. He's played at Rotherham with him as well. Oh yeah, he might have. You know. Yeah. yeah no, he did. No, uh, Doncaster, sorry, Doncaster. Don, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But he said he actually feels heavy. And like by professional prop standards, that's that's good. Yeah. And you feel heavy. Yeah. I also love to scrimmage against uh, the guy uh, the guy from uh, Racing. Oh, Ben Tamifunua. Yeah, I just want to know I want to know what it feels like. So <laughs> <laughs> I have 150 kg pressing on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the same way that I want to know what it feels like to lift Marrow. <laughs> you know, like they, they spend all this money on these fairground attractions to, you know, they, they should they should create one that just gives you the the sensation of scrummaging against Talfa Fenua. Yeah, one of my favourite stories about scrummaging, right, was came from Neil Briggs actually. Now Briggs is a pretty hard fella. He's been around a bit, been yep. Leicester, been um, been France. Yeah, so, well, yeah, France. Uh, and he said the first time he scrummaged in France. He literally squealed. I mean, he was club captain at Sale. He literally squealed. And this is training. I mean, yeah, he played with Tony Buckley. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Avion oh, Lewis. Oh. Did he? Was he there then? Yeah. Tony Buckley one side, Avion Lewis Roberts on the other. <laughs> yeah. And also the Man Mountain. What was his name? Uh, the most expensive player that Sale had. And then they, he had to go because uh, of something or other. Huge, huge prop. Oh, oh, um, oh, yeah, the the chap they got from France, and he could like he could defend them all on his own. Wihongi, 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 yeah, monster of a man. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Gents, uh, this, this is absolutely grim for me because I'm I'm sat at a window looking out over the Bone Valley. It's kind of it's all southern slopes here, so it's all the the, the vines and the oh, the, men, the men are just tying the, the the new sprouts of the grapevine to the to the wire oh, um, just before the leaves start coming. It's tough, but um, my, my dinner is um is, is going to be served soon oh. on, on the ter- on the terrace. Are you okay, mate? I'm I'm struggling here. Um, I, I, all I want to do is talk about next weekend's games. Do it. Let's do it. Let's get into um, it. But you're not like, going to be able to join us. Is that what you're telling us? Uh, I, I might I might have to dash off in a minute. Just before we get into next weekend's games, um, do you see CJ Stander captained Munster at? Oh, did you in, see that try? His, his old hometown of George. Yeah. And all the workers from CJ Stander's family farm came out to support him. What was that mandated? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, see, it was a surprise to me. I thought CJ Stander was from Limerick myself. <laughs> God, that's a hell of a flight. Take all those workers. Yeah. <laughs> Very generous employer. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, did no, you, was it? Can I just touch on one game from Super Rugby? Yeah, of course. Oh, go on. Um, the Hurricane Sharks game. So. I don't know if you've seen the Sharks in the last two weeks. No. So last week, they had a 100-point thriller against the Blues. They put 60 points on the Blues uh, and won. And they almost, almost beat... What? Hang on. 100-point thriller? 60 points? So it was... The Blues scored 40 points. Yeah. And the Sharks scored 63. What is a point? What is it? Netball? (laughs) (laughs) It was a hell of a game, that. They've got these coaches' sons... Uh, fly half D- the Dupree boys, fly half and flanker, who are some serious, serious players. Mm. Um, lo- looking very good, the Sharks, but they almost, almost beat the Hurricanes. It was a eighty-fifth uh, minute try by Laumapi, his second try of the game, which, which when it was converted by Ehi West, um, meant that the Hurricanes won by a single point. Oh my word! And they 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 scored in the seventy-eighth minute. And in the, uh, sorry, it was a penalty in the seventy-eighth minute, and then a, a conversion in the eighty-fifth uh, minute. To win. Yeah, that's almost as impressive as sale. Eighty-nine minutes they scored their try. It, yeah, that was. I think it might have even been ninety-one or ninety-two. It's um, <clears throat> it was nuts. Um, I, I am going to have to go. I'm getting um, okay. I'm getting nudged. So I'm all. I'll, I'll leave you to do the rest. But I'll say, um, all home wins except for Exeter. Exeter. Exeter away. Oh, although I don't know, sail sail away at Sail are gonna win that game, mate. I hear me now, believe me later. Put it on the board, do whatever you want. Sail are gonna make that top four. Mmm, sail top four. He's already on the board actually. <laughs> but uh, it's it's written written in the stars. Diamond's got his got his boys firing. There we go. Well I'll I'll, I'll leave you two to, to chew the cud and um and I'll go and face the, the grim reality uh that's facing me downstairs here. Good luck, Tim. Cheers. Right. Take it easy, boys. See you later, mate. See you soon, mate. See you Bye. So, um, Tim's gone now. Uh, what I'm thinking is we talk about the games, and I'll start talking about Newcastle sale, and about half an hour in, you let you give me the signal, yeah, and then I'll round it up in my last 15 minutes on that game. <laughs> you, you all right with that? I'm, I'm fine with that. Bef- before you do your your mandated 45 minutes on sale, yeah. it, it was... I know it was tough for you to hold back and not rub it in Tom Cruise's face before. <laughs> <laughs> not celebrate. Um, before 
you do that, can I just briefly touch on Ulster? Yes, of course. Because it's made it has made the uh, Pro 14 marginally more interesting, although uh, not. It's pretty much settled, isn't it, the Pro 14 of who's going to be in the playoffs? Pretty much. Um, Ulster. So if Ulster had lost that, they would definitely be out of it. They do have a chance because they've got a game in hand. They mathematically have a chance, but they don't really have a chance. Um, but it was actually a very good performance. It's thirty-two twenty bonus um, bonus point win for Ulster against a very good Edinburgh team, um, and it it was it's one of those games where with five minutes to go, Ulster winning by five, and it's the kind of thing where this season in particular they just collapse. But instead of collapsing, they actually won. And Henderson, your, your boy Henderson, Hen- of course, Hendo, my boy. Crashed over to get the bonus point win. Okay, so here's a th- here's some thoughts for you. Uh, I was convinced Edinburgh were going to win that game. Yeah, I was because Edinburgh Utterly. are the polar opposite to what Ulster are. You know, the big up front, uh, the found forwards who can, who will do a good job for them. They're they're pretty efficient. They're hard. Uh, I'm amazed that they did not they did not win this. Yeah. Amazed. It was it was a good all round performance. I'll tell you. Int- the interesting thing, and they had that, all their boys available, did they not? Except for except for Hamish Watson. Yeah, they, they had near full strength squad. Yeah. Um, one of the good things. So we spoke previously about um, the, the lack of forwards that Ulster have, um, and the lack of depth they have. So they had a nineteen-year-old tight end. Is prop, he O'Toole? Tom O'Toole. Yeah, Tom O'Toole. Yeah, he played played the first sixty minutes. He did he did very well for most of it. He did just before. Uh, he got taken off. Um, he did concede a penalty try, but I kind of his scrummaging before that was pretty solid. So I, I kind of think it's his f- first game at that level. That's amazing. Yeah, first game at that level. After sixty minutes of running round more, it'll be a faster paced game than he will have ever played against bigger, stronger men than, than he will have ever played. I will forgive that. Yeah, like, you, you you would. It's unsurprising. In fact, the coaches really should have recognised that. Uh, also defending five meters from their own line, this boy, this young lad, is shattered. Take him off and put on twenty-one, twenty-two stone Rodney. Are you? Yeah. Just do that before it, the three scrums in a row that cause a penalty try. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. I, you know, look, we had Tom Cruise in here. Uh, uh, a great example of you know if you just get the right opportunity, what what you can do. Yeah. And I think some of the most wrong-headed thinking in rugby is not giving young lads more of a chance. Because Ulster, they're, yeah, they're struggling for forwards. I bet they've got a whole academy full of them. They're just not willing to put them up into that next level yet. Mm. And I I, would, I just would. You're not going to get relegated. Yeah. You know, that, that boy will be far, oh. far better for doing doing that shift. Absolutely. Definitely. Against a, a handy uh, Richard Cockerell pack. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a handy Richard Cockerell pack who's given opportunities to m- numerous players and have, have repaid him well. Yeah. Yeah. So, in fact, most of that front row, actually. One of the uh, interesting things... So, I didn't really know much about him, so I went and he's got a little uh, Q&A thing. Do you know um, his sporting idols, he, he lists as... Tom O'Toole. Tom O'Toole's sporting idols. So, I'll give you one of them. Uh, one of them is uh, Conor McGregor. Oh, okay. The other one is... Someone... Shawn Michaels. <laughs> is someone that you've had on the rugby dungeon. Someone I've had on the rugby dungeon? Friend of the pod. Someone of that rugby dungeon, rugby dungeon, rugby dungeon. Hmm. 
I'm just saying that so it's in people's minds to download and listen to. <laughs> uh, Ruby Lynch, Ruby Lynch. Uh, so, uh, he's a prop, isn't he? It, it, this player is not a prop. He's not a prop. Um, Matt Gittel. It is uh, former sale, current Leicester Tigers winger, Tom Brady. Really? Well, I assume he's got Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor and Tom Brady <laughs> as his sporting idols. So, being a rugby player, I assume. Yeah, that's yeah, that'll, that'll be the one. <laughs> Good old Brady. Right, let's get into the uh, the fixtures for next week. <laughs> I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> All right, uh... Pro Pro Fourteen. So in Pro Fourteen, um, there are only two games. So most teams have only got two games left because. Under this new format, they only play 21 games, not 22 games. Perfect. Uh, Ulster do have a game in hand. Uh, but the fixtures this week, we have got Friday night, Cheetahs host Munster, who are doing their tour of South Africa. I guess Munster will be favourites for this, but Cheetahs at home are pretty good. Uh, yeah, Cheetahs are not bad, but Cheetahs only narrowly beat uh, Cardiff Blues, so I'd expect. You mentioned before the Munster try. The handling, <gasps> Scannell. Wow. That wow. was amazing, wasn't it? That was dynamite. That was one of the best tries. I mean, regardless of who the, the opposition are, it was a bloody good try. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go for Munster. Okay. Then Glasgow Connacht. Did you see any of the Scarlets-Glasgow game? None. Uh, I know that Scarlets battered them, though. Yeah. And the Glasgow team was very strong. It was two pretty much full-strength teams. Yeah. Um, a couple of injuries on both of them, but nothing major. And it was all Scarlets. They, they're comfortable. Scarlets can just batter you. I mean, yeah. I, I think if you get Scarlets on the wrong, if you're not quite ready for what they're bringing, they're going to hurt you badly. Yeah, and it just looks like what, that's exactly what happened. But Glasgow will get back on track with a win against Connacht at home. Then Ulster host Ospreys, which I'm going to say, give me Ulster to make it interesting for another week or so. <sighs> it's a dull game, this, isn't it? Well. Ulster still have to... They, they can still qualify for the, the playoffs, for the, the top six. The problem is not this Ospreys game. It's then that they play Glasgow and Munster. Are their two remaining fixtures after this one? So, Ooh. And they, they need to basically get uh, bonus point wins in all of them to, to, to stand a chance. Forget it. So it's over. Although Ulster, weirdly, one of the few teams have actually managed to beat Scarlets. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems in, like a, that was a game in September that we watched yeah. in uh, in a bar in New York. Exactly. Hmm. Seems like a long time ago that now, doesn't it? That was when we were good. Yeah. So we had uh, Leo Leofano pulling the strings. <laughs> uh, Gone. Um, then on Saturday we've got Edinburgh hosting Scarlets. Yep. Which will be arrested. It surely is arrested Scarlets team. Why? Because they've got the Champions Cup the yeah, following but week. Sounds like they're rounding into form. Yeah, maybe. I think I'd play. I'd, I'd, I'd at least start the lads. Oh, that's the one. Um, did you see? You won't have seen it. The um, Gareth Davis try Scarlets against Glas- no. Glasgow. It is an identical carbon copy replica of the Gareth Davis try against Scotland in the Six Nations. Oh, really? From uh, Ali Price. Ali Price into it, it is. It's the same part of the field. It's the same. It is exactly the same. And Ali Price has just not seen it again. Ugh. But Gareth Davis just reads it, picks it off, runs in from 50, 60 yards. Gareth Davis on a one-man mission to destroy Ali Price's <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah. Ali Price got dropped from uh, from Scotland after that. He's going to get dropped from Glasgow. He's going to have to he quit, he... quit rugby. Exactly. Hopes he never sees Gareth Davis <laughs> ever again. Uh, 
So yeah, we've got that. We've got Zebra hosting Dragons. Don't care. Ugh. Southern Kings host Cardiff Blues. Don't care. Don't care. And your beloved Benetton travel now to, to Dublin. I don't know if I've met, made you aware of this, but I really respect and love the IRFU's welfare policies towards their players. <laughs> and I, I think they should do the right things because they've obviously got Champions Cup coming up. Yeah. And they don't want to risk that. Absolutely. Um, seems like they're doing pretty well in the league. What are they, top? Yeah, they're, they're, they're fairly handy. They're, they're top top of pool B. Yeah. I'd be amazed if they play their players um, or the second string players. And I'd probably be safe and not even play my third, third string. string. Yeah. To visa to go, make it competitive win, and win the thing. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, that's how it's going to go down. Right, Premiership. Here we go. Oh, did you see any of the top 14 action this week? I saw about 10 minutes of Racing versus... Uh, Racing versus Toulon. Toulon. I've not seen the game. I just saw that Racing won. Is uh, it 17-10? Yep. Anyway. Um, so, Friday night, we've got your beloved sale travelling up to Newcastle. Do you know, uh, it depends... It largely depends on what pack sale can put out because it's that pack that, get, that break the game line and they... Yeah, if they if they have a full strength pack out, that that that'll be good. Um, the backs, they might be missing O'Connor, who could have a broken bone in his foot. Yeah, it didn't look good that. No, but they might, they might be missing Haley and Faf as well. Faf, why? Well, the the sighting for the oh god, the forearm elbow. Not that on, it matters, but like it, this might not be the spectacle that I was hoping it to be. <laughs> If you're missing all those boys... If Faf doesn't play, forget it. Just pack up. Go. Don't even go to Newcastle. Don't go. <laughs> Send sail jets. It's not worth playing. Um, Jeez. Uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Will Cliff's a fine, a fine player. I'm sure that he can step, step into the breach. <laughs> He's no Faf. No, no one is. No one is. Um, and, yeah, so I, I do think Sale can... Uh, they have the game plan, the, uh, the players, and providing they're not all sighted and banned... They should be able to do this. But Newcastle is a bit of a fortress. It is. They're, they're very good up there, uh, and they'll be looking to get back on track because it was a bad, it was a really bad loss for them. I at, just at think Worcester. we don't really spoke about that game. But no, no, we haven't actually. It's a terrible loss. Um, yeah, and uncharacteristic for Newcastle this season. And on a plastic pitch too. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think the plastic pitch will not work in Newcastle's favour at all when they see. Um, when, when they see Sale. Sale will win this. Will it be a bonus point or not? I don't know. And it's all depending. And it's basically praying. Uh, Sale fans will be praying that there are no sightings. And actually, we should we should all, all be because it's good for the game of rugby that the best players play. Yeah, but we need to keep keep things within the laws of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if Sale win, so they would leapfrog Newcastle um, into fifth place uh, and leapfrog um, uh, Leicester until they play. Uh, They'll be fourth. Depends if they get a five-point bonus. They w- win. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, they, they'd go level. They'd at least go level with Leicester. Yeah. Until Leicester play. Uh, then Saturday, so we've got three 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 o'clock kickoffs. Um, that is Gloucester hosting Harlequins. Gloucester. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be a pretty game, that I don't think. Based, I, based on what I've seen recently, I think Gloucester will score a lot of points. I mean, actually, it could be a, a try fest. Although it, yeah. Harlequins looked completely inept. So, if you think about the Gloucester loss today, the Gloucester loss today came from sheer exhaustion because Exeter are so good at holding the ball. Yeah, but generally speaking, that defence is pre- is pretty solid. 
Yes, but what I would what disappointed me was when Gloucester did get the ball, the game management was no good. They just Gloucester would turn over the ball, just give it straight back to Exeter. Just invite more pressure onto yourselves. Mm. They needed to find a way to exit and complete the exit to give themselves breathing breathing space. Uh but yeah Gloucester to win that yeah and Gloucester are not afraid to play nice and flat they've got loads yeah. of players that can hurt you definitely yeah, Gloucester. Gloucester Gloucester then Leicester host Northampton North, uh, Leicester. Leicester I mean I don't know what, what do you want me to say about that yeah Leicester yep uh, then Wasps host Worcester uh, Wasps which will be Wasps then on Sunday London Irish host Exeter I don't know why I even play it uh, um, which would pretty much be the nail in the coffin uh, if Exeter win which they will do mm-hmm. and then Saracens host Bath which is going to be a big win for Saracens oh I wonder if I do wonder genuinely if Saracens can put as many points on Bath as they put on Northampton, Northampton. so I actually think they'll be less motivated just because the Northampton games have all come up on the back of Saracens getting a hide in mm. and so <laughs> they haven't they? <laughs> it's every time every single time so uh I think that I think the Saracens will win comfortably. I don't think it'll be quite as big. Interesting. And that's your lot. There we go. Brilliant. Right, enough of this nonsense. You can find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Myself at Jay Beardmore. Cocker is at Cocker. Phil is a deviant, so we only lurks on our uh on our podcast Twitter, so you, you can't find him. Occasionally. Also, occasionally. Please leave the reviews on Apple Podcasts because that's really cool. And yeah, do all that good stuff. So from me, Tim and Phil, goodbye. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 